Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the FPL show. Hopefully, you're doing well. I know this is a bit of a later upload than normal, but when it comes to international breaks, we do need to spend a little bit of time seeing what happens because there is one big piece of news from this week. With me again, as you can see on screen, if you're watching here over on my channel, is Damo. Damo, how are you going? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. It's a bit weird going into a Friday night knowing that the deadline's still not over for another week. But uh, mercifully, uh, after this uh, international break, we don't have another one till March. So bring on the busy period. Yeah, finally, because I feel like this whole season so far has just been riddled by play a month, have a week off, play a month, have a week off. And it has been really hard to... Get some momentum, which I've not been a fan of, but look, you've got to take it as it comes. That's part of the game. And last week, once again, was a week of taking it as it comes. A bit of an interesting game week. I think we'll just get straight into the teams. What I'll do is I'll bring up your team on screen if you want to talk us through it. I can share it if you want. That's right. Done. Done. Beautiful. All right. Well, with that being said, boys, as you can see from on screen, I'm on 72 points. Um, which was a red arrow from 18 or 19k to 27k. So another smaller red arrow, but I think that's two or three on the bounce now from 11k. Um, I think the first thing I'm going to say is definitely not time to panic, which was the title of my FPL YouTube video over on the channel. Uh, even though they look like it's three red arrows, it's three small red arrows in the grand scheme of things. Also with that too, you can look back at all those game weeks where I've made one slight decision in the team. And if I went another way um, with benching um, or, or captaincy, I'm getting green arrows. So, uh, you know, there's an alternative new universe where I'll get all three decisions right and I'm inside the top 10K right now. So a lot of positives, even though it wasn't great. But, you know, with the week that was, I'm happy it was only, you know, another like 9K, 10K loss of rank pool than a yep. bigger rank. In terms of the team, though, me and you had a very similar team, so I'm sure we're going to touch on a similar amount of players. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm going to do is blitz over the players that we have similarly, you know, quickly. I think there's only one then, difference. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to him. We'll get to him, and hopefully next week it proves to be a good decision. Um, Ariola 2, Trippier 1. I'm not worried about Newcastle before anyone questions what's going on there. Yeah. I'm not worried. Cash is cash. Uh, I did play... I'm done with him. Did play... Gway over Simicast, unfortunately. Just to let you know quickly the thought process. I put Gway in in game week eight with the intention of playing got these five game weeks straight because it looks like a you know a run where Christian Patch would get three or four clean sheets. They've obviously had a top five defense this season. Um, Liverpool have actually had a top five defense at home. Which best defense. Is it now the best defense after our clean? Was sheets? going in into the game week. We were best at home. Okay, there you go. Well, yeah. Look. A lot of people didn't play Simicast because they didn't think it was going to start. I mean, you're a Liverpool fans, Paul. I was, I'll guarantee you right now, we knew he was going to start because he only played 45 minutes on the week on the Europa League. Yeah. Um, my main reason is I saw, a, I saw more of a game. I didn't see a clean he, sheet. Yeah, I saw more of a game where Berry gets a goal or whatever. And if you watch the game back, I think Brentford they had a couple had chances. More, yeah, more XG than us. They had six set pieces for the best six set piece side in the league and didn't score one. So if you played Simicast, congratulations to you. At least we're in a better spot than people that sold Simicast, and now we're going to get like some good price rises out of him. Midfield-wise, Diaby, Son, Gordon, Sulla, it's all the same. Harlan and Sulla equaled each other out. Before Harlan took the field and after Sulla's captaincy, was on a green arrow, so it would have been nice to see Harlan blank. Yeah, same. Um, Dar Darwin was Darwin and did well. Now, obviously, there is one player we did leave out, and his name was Bruno Fernandes. And uh, look, some people went to Bowen, if I went to Bowen, me and Paul would have pretty much the same team. Um, part of the reason why I didn't go to Bowen was that. 
Secondly, whoever I picked is the person that's becoming in Wemo in two weeks' time. If I pick Bowen, I know that's going to kind of who you know shoehorn me into. I had two changes. Sorry, I just looked at my team again. There's a defender yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, for me, this player was going to become Bowen. But was going to be sorry. Whoever I picked here is going to become in Wemo. So if I pick Bowen. I probably would have been shoehorned into keeping him. And then that means that I've got to either sell Diaby to Mbwemo this game week here or burn a transfer, which I don't like. Um, so I went with the upside of Bruno. Bruno's had great stats. You watch the game back. I know he only got three points. It should have been an assist to Rashford because I don't know what Rashford's doing at the back stick. And it was a header just over the bar, well saved by the keeper, one of the two. So he could have even had a couple of assists. I pulled him for two game weeks. Hopefully, he gets Everton, he pops off, gets a couple of returns, and it's a massive upside swing. You know, he didn't get booked. That was my main worry, was him getting booked. He can go get booked if yeah. he wants this next game week because he's coming straight out for Embuemo. So, it was more of a placeholder. Take the two good fixtures, um, and uh, hopefully, I know he didn't pay off this week, next week against Everton. He's almost a differential captain for me considering Suller and Haaland uh, play each other. Yeah, I'm not sure because Everton for me are uh, actually looking all right at the moment. Although they'll probably concede a goal or two, but not the easy, you know, banker clean sheet. I think against Everton anymore. Their fix, their form in the last six weeks has been bloody fantastic. And yeah. it's funny. I did a video on um, differentials. I would have been maybe four game weeks ago, and the five players I had: Pedro Porro, Decore, Wayne, Neto, and someone else. I can't remember. It will come to me. But literally every single one of them have almost returned every week since I did that oh, video. Oh, I don't know if it was Palmer, but um, oh, I wonder if I've got it here. That's right. I might have it here in front of me, but regardless, it was pretty much every single one of those players have returned almost every single week. Um, shout here out we go. Pedro Porro, yep. Decore, Neto, Huang, Solanke was my there video. Solanke just bagged. So there you are. So if you lit, okay, you can hear my bloody laptop charging. Um, if you guys had listened to me, and if I listened to myself and brought some of these guys in, I would have got Pedro Porro's clean sheet when he Doji come off. Decore scored this week and got an assist and got an eleven pointer. But I said Decore's was a long term play; that wasn't a at the time play. Yeah. Neto was firing until the injury. Huang blank for the first time since like game week six this week. Great. But again, played Spurs. You're not probably expecting a return from him anyway, but looked good. Um, and then Solanke, again, like has got the odd return here and there and got a big return against Newcastle. So maybe I'll go into my team, but the, the thought process around today's video, you'll be able to see it from the title and the thumbnail, is around those mid-prices actually probably being almost essential because, you know, Salah and Haaland are on another planet yeah. at the moment. They're both at the 100-point mark. Sun's picked up an injury. I think if How you could, turn, it? it's the same ankle that's been giving him grief. So I don't know. So that's one I'm going to have to monitor because he's in our teams, but he come off in the 80. Yeah. He, he come off in the 82nd minute um, this morning or overnight or whatever it was for South Korea. So one to watch, but what I'm just, I'll talk about my team quickly. So, the differences between Dame and my teams was Guahi. I brought Guahi in, but with not the intention to play him against Everton because I knew Everton were going to score. I wasn't confident in the clean sheet for uh, Guahi, but I've brought Guahi in for this week when they play Luton because I've got uh, Gabriel uh, playing Brentford. I've got Trippier in an okay fixture, I think. They got, no, they had Bournemouth. Trippier's got 
Uh, Chelsea, so not the greatest fixture. Cash has Tottenham and Simicast has uh, Man City. So my defense really was struggling. So I've brought Gwaii Moore in for this week. My decision was between Cash and Simicast. Up, up until about Saturday, I had Simicast in my team. And then I just thought, nah, Villa's defense at home is pretty good too. Probably less likely to concede against Fulham than Liverpool to Brentford. And I got that decision wrong. So... I think I played the thought process right, but was frustrated that I had Simicast in my team for long periods. Again, Suns one to watch. He didn't really have much against Wolves either. Um, there was nothing to get excited about. No. Nah. Didn't look good. I think he's one that you are very quick in firing the trigger. This injury concern might push you over the edge to fire it. Especially um, with Villa and Man City on the horizon. Correct. But I would say that if Suns fit, he's someone that's not coming out for a while because... With all these fixtures coming up, because there's no more international football, you need players that are nailed. And, well, he's going to be as nailed as they come. And we know that against these higher lines, he could score. So Yeah, and on injuries, penalties. Yeah, and he's not, he will be nailed on penalties now. Madison's gone. Um, yeah. So with that being said, if he's injured, maybe uh, I would take him out. But if he's not injured past fit that he's going to play on the weekend, he's definitely someone I'm probably going to look to hold until they yeah. go away to Asian Cup. Yeah, I'm the same. So... Uh, Interesting spot for my team as well. I've kind of switched off a little bit from FPL this week because I've been so invested in the last four weeks. We've gone from 1.8 million to 101,000. Again, I was around 75K um, after Harland had scored his first goal. Uh, yeah. And then as he kept returning, he was like, oh, yeah, Harland. Oh, no, my rank. So I kind of fell just outside um, the top 100K when Cole Palmer scored that penalty. Um, and those points are what knocked me out of the top 100K. But I think I've made a, a relatively reasonable climb uh, from 1.8 mil to 100k. So I'm very happy at the spot I'm in. Two transfers this week. I used the one last week, Yudoji to Guayi, just to make sure I didn't burn it. Again, this week, I'm looking at probably... I don't want to get rid of Diaby with that Bournemouth fixture sitting there. It, it's a hard one. Whether it's a Gordon, again, look good. I don't know. I, I really haven't thought. It's going to be probably more a discussion for next week's video when the internationals have happened and there's a bit more information on injuries and, you know, people coming back and Correct. a bit more of a deeper dive. But what we're going to do today is really unpack some of the mid-price midfielders because I think that's where the big value is at the moment in the game. I think we don't need to... I've been talking about a 3-4-3 for a very long time and I'm almost at the point where I'm going to probably stay 3-5-2 because... Although I don't expect Darwin to start this week because he'll come off the short break um, coming from international duties, I'm okay with him being on the bench because Archer gets Bournemouth. So this week I'm actually going to start Cameron Archer anyway because I think I'll take the 90 minutes and the potential for a goal or a penalty. If Darwin's going to come on, it's because Liverpool are chasing the game. You could do the risk-reward thing. Do you start Darwin and pray that Liverpool don't need him and he doesn't play at all? But do you take the risk of him getting a one-pointer coming on and doing nothing? So that's sort of more discussion for the for next week's podcast. What I've got here right now is from game weeks 8 to 12. So the last five weeks of play, the XGI from every player that's priced from $11 million down. So that's pretty much just excluding Salah and Haaland because we know that their XGI is going to be through the roof because of 
penalties and just their involvement, but their price. So I think we're focusing on mid-prices, and this is the definition of mid-prices. All these guys sort of sit in the five to nine bracket, and we've got a good range of forwards and midfielders. There's not a defender within the top 20. Again, Astupinen was probably the only defender before his injury that was getting close to this level. So the big one for me is Cole Palmer. Again, all four of his goals, I think, have come from penalties. So that's what needs to be taken into consideration with Cole Palmer. The other thing is the fixtures get good, but what Chelsea have done this year is not performed in the good fixtures. So Chelsea have typically been scoring goals in these games against the big teams. So they scored two against Arsenal, one against us, four against Spurs, four against Man City. Uh, where, you know, they were at home to Forest and lost 1-0. Then they lost 2-0 to Brentford or 2-1. I can't remember. But they've struggled against the teams that are like there or thereabouts. The other problem i got with Palmer is Nkunku saying he's fit for this Newcastle game. Now, he won't start, but it's a big change to the structure of Chelsea. And I'm not saying Palmer doesn't start, but it's definitely going to change the way they build up and the way they attack. Nkunku is not a number nine. He is a creative player and Palmer's been playing a very creative role. So for me, it's like a buy or beware or a wait and see to, to see what happens. Number one with Nkunku, he hasn't played since preseason. There's every chance he comes in and gets injured again. And then we go back to Chelsea as they are. But the question I've got, I don't think he's going to come off penalties because he scored four of them in a row, but there's a doubt. So just... Palmer's and Palmer's numbers are inflated by his penalties as well. So I think we just need to accept that. But I know all the everyone talks about it's why you have penalty takers because when they get penalties and they convert them, then it's points. So Correct. that's one to consider. Ollie Watkins there. I think everyone's spoken about him already. I don't think we need to keep going on about Ollie Watkins. Is he a good option? Yes. Is he someone I want to move to Darwin from Darwin eventually? Probably. But again, I just think 8.4, I think there's value um, underneath Ollie Watkins with similar output, which you'll see on this list. And Buemo, if I had to pick one of Palmer and Buemo right here, right now, I'm picking Buemo because you know the role. And that's very similar. I'd love to see their numbers without pens. Like I just wish Fantasy Football Hub had the non-pen XG because I know Buemo through the first 10, 11 weeks was number one midfielder for non-pen XG, like above Salah, above Sun, above every midfielder. So I would love to to see what his number, because he hasn't had that many penalties. He had two, I think, compared to Palmer's had four. So I think Embuemo is the one. If you're picking one this week, you're just riding the fixture against Arsenal and then you get his run of fixtures and he's fantastic. Jackson, Darwin, I think if you're buying them, you know that they're going to... Blank here and there, have their moments. You know, Jackson's gone on a scoring spree and scored four in two, but the games have been the way we expect Jackson to do well, which is the on the counter-attack, spacing behind. They're not going to have that in those easy fixtures. So I think a lot of people are going to look at buying Jackson, but the actual chances he gets won't happen against Lutons and Fulham's and Burnley's and Sheffield United's. I'm more worried if you're uh, looking at Jackson than at Cole Palmer than Kuku coming in because I really do think they're going to end up probably taking Jackson out. And even yep. though Kuku's not a natural nine, he can play nine. 
to allow Palmer to stay in his role because he's been so good. That's my first. Or secondly, Palmer's going to move wide. Sterling will go the other side. Cooper will come into the 10. I just think for Nicholas Jackson, the goals have been kind of gifted to him the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, Spurs played with nine men playing this crazy high line, which I loved every second of it. But if you're not a striker worth their weight in gold, you should be able to time a run and you know score from five yards out, three yards out, which Jackson has admittedly not done this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you touched on the big one there, Palmer and Wembo. Um, Palmer gets in good areas. I know all his goals have come from pens, but he also gets in good areas. And there will be a day where he scores from open play in the positions he gets in. I think his penalties are nailed. I don't see a world where he's coming off him at all. Yeah, not until he misses one. Not until he misses at least one, probably two, because um, he's looked so good taking him. Um, and look, Embremo for me is nearly as must of an own at the moment than what Son is. So, you know, I, I could even feasibly tell you right now that if you're worried that much about Spurs, don't go to Saka, don't go to Rashford, Bruno, don't go to any one of those bigger boys. Don't You go and buy the man that's called Embremo because he's been amazing. Yeah. Um, the other players below that list are very interesting for future game weeks, Paul. So run us for a few more. Yeah. So one big one that I spoke to you about Sunday last week, and it was funny because I had a look at this guy's data and um, I sent Damo an actual screen grab just of the fixtures and the, and the data, and I got rid of the name. And I said, for 6.5 with this run and this data, would you buy him? And Damo's like, yeah, probably. Who is it? And I said, it's Dom Solanke. Now, albeit, yeah, albeit it's coming off of two goals against Newcastle, which, you know, you wouldn't have predicted. But when you're talking about needing guys that are nailed, needing guys that are going to have opportunities, this fits the mold. So if you're talking about Darwin, who's got explosive ability, or Solanke, the reason I'm talking about Solanke, now let's see if I'm going to break my computer by doing this. All right, we're good. So we get Sheffield United away game week 13. So I feel like if you're doing it, you've got to include Sheffield United in the fixture there. But then he goes Aston Villa at home. Villa away have struggled. So that's a good fixture, I'd say. Palace away is not fantastic. But again, could he jag a goal? Could he get a penalty? Probably. Man United away, brilliant fixture for any of these type of teams going to Old Trafford at the moment. Then he gets Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham home. Even Spurs away at that point. Liverpool, you know, we're much better at home than we are away. And then West Ham again conceding. Forest again conceding. Fulham again conceding. So I really like Dom Solanke because he's just going to tick over nicely and you'll get the odd double-digit return from him because if they're going to score goals, they're coming through Solanke. So he's just someone who... Keep your eye on him, you know, whether you want him or not. It's up to you guys. But I think the fixtures are there. The the reliability is there. There's just a lot of positives for me. The, the negative is, is how good are Bournemouth going to be? That's the issue. But I think they're better than what we're giving them credit for as well. Um, and amongst a busy period where there's Asian Cup and there's African Cup of Nations, Sometimes we want to look at having guys like that, even if he ends up being your third forward. But I just like I like the look of Slanky. What are your thoughts? I, I think he's awesome. If you're going to do it, do it this week. And he is tempting for me because I do have two free transfers and I could change the structure of my team. Um, you would know in our private chats, Paul, I'm very heavily looking at 3-4-3 three, three with Alvarez eventually becoming the third yeah. striker. Um, Solanke's one that I'm very tempted by. 
And I'm almost tempted by for this reason. I'll get Snakey this week. And it allows me three weeks of looking at Nkunku for game week 16. Yeah. And then it's only finding maybe a mill to go to Nkunku. And if I really want to and keep Snakey, it's just Darwin down because it's yep. a similar price, right? Um, which is very usable. And then I've obviously got other sellable assets. By the time I want Alvarez for the double game week, et cetera, um, I can probably sell Son by that point because it'll be pretty close to Asian Cup. Um, I think with Solanke, if you've got to do it, it's now or never. And I will also say that if you are going to do it, he's a sort of guy that you just put him on the team alongside Harlan and you play him every week. Yeah, because you don't know when he's going to get that return. Whatever happens, happens. I'd almost retreating it. You're playing 4-5-1, you know, 4-5-1, for instance, or whatever. But that one person is actually a two-man striker with Solanke and just disregard that spot. That is... You know, you're locked and loaded. If he gets two points, great. If he doesn't, whatever, because he's enabling an extra probably million or a million and a half of funds in another spot in defensive midfield for you to hopefully regain those points for when he does blank. Just think over those fixture run pool. I'm going to tell you right now, you get five, six goals over that fixture run. I'm sure you're going to be happy with that. 100%. And that's like similar to when I brought Edward into my team earlier in the year. You're taking a number nine that's nailed in a team that's creating enough opportunities you're playing the data at that point. And I Correct. think, you know, for me, it's if sons are doubt, you, you're a son to an Embuemo to move an archer to a Solanke, although they're versing each other this week, you know, you're making that money shift. And if you're telling me you're getting, you know, Embuemo and Solanke over archer and son, I'm probably lean that route. And you're just spreading that money a little bit. But then you got to remember, you're going to have Salah coming out of your team at some point anyway. So there's going to be funds coming back into the team come January. So we're not that far away from AFCON anyway. There are a lot of games coming thick and fast. So like the problem we've got is there is the the December fixture congestions happening and then we're getting AFCON. So, and that's the thing with Sun's injury. If it's two weeks or three weeks. It could like, be four match games. It, four it, match well, weeks. Not... This week, but next week, it's three games in nine days, isn't it? It's yeah. a Monday, it's a Saturday, a Wednesday, a Saturday. Yeah, that's the reason why I want to keep Son because if he's fit, he plays all of them because Spurs can't afford to drop him. But if he's gone, getting in someone like a Solanke who will be nailed and play every minute for Bournemouth is huge. The other guy that I was not on that list, but I really want to mention in this mid-price bracket pool is a guy that I'm moving to this game week if it's Son down to him or DRB down to him, and that is Eze. Um, yeah. Coming back from injury, he looked good, but was very unlucky at the start of the year, so his price went down. Then he got injured, his price went down further. I think he's down at 6-1 now, which is crazy. Um, and look, yep, six one. From, from what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, him coming back from injury, and he looked really good on the weekend. With the fixtures coming up in the next three game weeks, there's a free game week player. So if Son is uh, if Son's out and going to be out for the next two weeks, which is free game weeks here, you're going to get Luton, who, you know, a Luton, West Ham, who are conceding for fun, and then Bournemouth. And then in game week 16, when he goes Liverpool City, Brighton, Chelsea, guess who all of a sudden gets their good fixture run? Mr. Yeah. Cole Palmer. And so I think for me, the reason I brought Bruno in is to go to Eze this game week, or, you know, sorry, not this game week, but go Bruno to Embuemo and allow me to move the RB down to Eze. Might be sod, hold the RB for a couple of weeks as well. Um, and then at least that way. Uh, you know, I've got a guy that I think for the next three game weeks could really pop off here. And someone that perceivably, if you're going to get Solanke in and you downgrade and keep Eze, you could fix your swap between Solanke and Eze as well. Yeah, if you told me you could have Palmer, Eze, Solanke to enable having Salah, Trippier, 
Trent. You know what well, I mean? Like, thinking, uh, one guy that I am thinking of is actually Reese James alongside Trippier as well. Yeah, I, I just I can't do it fit, again. Yeah, I've just I've bought into it way too much in my life, and it just yeah. I don't actually think Chelsea defensively are great either, so I'm kind I'm of avoiding the. I know, but they're conceding though now, and that's a problem. Like the numbers were better at the start of the year when they also weren't scoring though. That's what I think is going to happen moving forward. I think Chelsea defensively are going to be Mm. better in these weaker fixtures, which I think the guys like James and Sanchez and whatever are going to be really good. Coywell is nearly guaranteed to come back in for me as well because I love him so much. Um, And then on top of that, I just think they're starting to click a little bit more going forward. I really see Chelsea going on a very good run. So uh, Reese James, if he's fit, will be part of that very good run and you could tell me you could have a team like you're saying, Eze, Lanky, Cole Palmer. Uh, you know, you could keep Hang or Diaby, or if you really wanted to, and fix your swap. If you could have all them plus Harlan plus Salah plus Trippier plus James or, or and or Trent, you know, yeah. there's a world where you could even go Trippier, go cheap, 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 and get Edison or Allison. Well. Yeah, you could. Um, the other one was, yeah, Wang. I just wanted to see what he was going to look like without Neto in the side. I know he didn't get the return against Spurs, but he looked good. He looked good. Between him, Cunha, Sarabia, when he came on, looked bloody brilliant too. I just, yeah, I'm really actually excited by Wolves. And I think coming into this sort of post-Arsenal game week 15 onwards, Oh, it's going to be hard not to own a Wolves asset too. Burnley, Forest, both at home. West Ham away, fine. Chelsea at home, fine. Brentford away, fine. Everton home, fine. Brighton, Man United, Chelsea, Brentford, Spurs, Sheffield. That is just what an enabler. Again, 5.5 million for, for Huang. Plays up front in your midfield, getting five points a goal. He's going to be very hard to keep out of the team. Again, I want to see what happens with Sarabia in the next two weeks. If he comes on the right, does Wang stay on the left and Cunha through the middle? I think that's their best three. Um, I don't think Pedro Neto coming back actually is going to provide any competition to Wang anyway because if Pedro comes back in, it's him and Sarabia fighting it out on the right. So... I'm very excited to see. Otherwise, your other option is Mateus Cunha. If he's the one that's nailed as a 5.5 striker, again, a very similar enabler. I don't think he's as good as having Edward or Solanke. He's just not the same level of finisher, but I think we've seen it with Huang that he can produce, he can finish. You know, I'm very excited to see going into game week 15. Maybe that's at the time where Gordon becomes Huang, you know, for a very sideways move. You're correct, and I actually think that's a very good shout considering the fixture run. I, I will say I do really like Gordon. I think when Newcastle on Gordon is a very, very good asset. Um, it's important to note this. Uh, obviously, me and you watch the game on uh, the first half uh, against uh, Wolves Spurs, and when Paul's turning to me in the middle of the night and going and gasping every time Wayne's getting the ball and making the runs. You know, it, it, it really shows of how good he was in that first half. That he's just so together. dynamic, isn't he? It, it was incredible. And it's just like, when Neto comes back, he's going to be even better because Neto's going to eat space that defenders are going to have to follow him too. You know, if Hayne got his returns when Neto was in the side. Without him in the side, I actually think he's only missed worse, but yeah, it's not that bad. But I think he'll um, be back by Burnley too. Yeah, I honestly think that Hwang, Neto, Palmer... Eze and Buemo. Yeah, these are with the a Salah. You pick four of them with Salah, really. Yeah, it's pretty much going that way. You know, there's nearly... With Madison out long-term till January, 
it's nearly getting to the stage you're getting better points per million and get a better value from having four of these guys plus Salah, which allows you to, you know, defense is not great this year, but that will enable you to go Trippier, Trent, you know, Reese James, Estupian, whoever it is. And right? three really good strikers. Correct. You could you could do that. And the reason why you would is that you know that they're going to concede the defenders, but those are the defenders that are going to get you attacking returns in those games and the big 15-pointers, right? Yeah. Like Simi Cassius did for Liverpool. Um, and that will allow you to have a Haaland, an Alvarez, and probably one of a Solanke and Edward. Um, I don't know what the funds look like, but maybe well you can move that all around to Watkins or Darwin or Nkunku. Alvarez. I'm really thinking that that is the way that my team will eventually go. It just depends on how big this injury is, the song. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm in the same boat. So, look, I think there's going to be a bit of a wait and see what happens on the international break. Obviously, a lot of the guys we've spoken about today are playing international football as well. So we do need to look at what happens over the next sort of eight days or so before the deadline. But I think mid-price midfielders, for me, is how I'm going to be targeting you know, that next 50K jump. I think you get on a lot of these guys that are sort of sub 15% owned with great fixture runs. I think it's low risk, high reward. Um, a lot of them are on set pieces. A lot of them are 90 minute men. I think there's a world where we don't have to go with the masses and buy Watkins now after he's had a few of those big returns. I think they're, you know, we've got to get on the right fixture swings as well. You know, Wally Watkins and Diaby, they're going to return here and there for Villa, but their fixtures get significantly harder over the next few weeks. I think, you know, between the, those guys, we're going to have some real good differentials in our team. So that's sort of where my mind is leaning towards. I'm not going to talk about planned moves at the moment. I want to wait till sort of middle to late next week when we've got a lot more information on what's happened, especially with Sun, because if Sun's out, I've got two transfers. I'm probably looking at a reshuffle of my team and it's probably Solanke coming in. As much as I'm happy to play Archer this week against Bournemouth, I'd rather have Solanke on the other side of that same game. What do you thoughts yeah. there? Yeah, 100%. If um, Sun's ruled out for more than one game week, which any injury where he's missing this week, he's probably in the out for next week, which means then he might be back for one of the midweek games after that. Yeah. Um, I'm very much in the boat of Eze has to come in for me for this next three game week starting now. Yeah. So it's Eze in for one of my midfielders that isn't Bruno because that's Benbuemo next week. So if it's Son, great. If it's DRB, great. And if it is Son, I'm using my second move to get Archer up to Solanke which allows me to play a 3-4-3 or what I'll more than likely do is probably bench Darwin, even though I'm going to give these guys all a shout right now. He hasn't played an international break, but because this, yeah, is, but they play late, the though. Because this is a game that decides the title, I think this year, I think Klopp will start him this week coming up. I think so. we're better for it. And the thing that actually has me thinking that Darwin might start is that Gakpo started in the midfield against Brentford. Yep. So I think... Look, who knows? Is who knows? that this is that the sign that Klopp's recognizing that Darwin's his nine? Don't know. We it, saw this in preseason with Gakbo. Is it that we've yeah. got not enough midfielders at the moment that are fit and he's having a shoehorn Gakbo in there and come out of the international break? Will Gak I think Gakpo starts up front because we've seen against the big teams he wants the work rate, he wants the dropping in. That makes Salah a bloody fantastic option against City on the break though as well. Yeah, and look, I am had to pick your captaincy for this week. If especially with Son now being you know Don Harland for me. Yeah. It, I think Sutherland's a better captain than Harland this week, but Yeah, it's at the Eddie had though. 
I just think Ben yeah. Dyke is in the world of his form. Um, so I really think that you take the midfielder know. goals over the striker goals. and uh, City at home are another beast, though. Correct. It, it's one of those ones where I think that one could It's a 50-50, yeah. Look, i am currently got my captaincy on Bruno, but that's more just sitting there for <laughs> me to have a chuckle at than anything. But yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a big discussion about that next week. But look, yeah. I think... We could ramble all day. I think we've we've hit the nail on the head, though. If you are looking at transfers for this week and you're looking at those midfielders, hopefully we've been able to help you out. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a nice big review. Make sure you follow over on Spotify. If you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We will see you back next week for a more in-depth look at game week 13. But hopefully you guys have a great international break, and we'll see you guys next week for our full game week 13 preview.